Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the Week 7 Roster Management Show. We've been doing this every single week, running through your best waiver wire selections, talking uh, streamers for the quarterback, tight end, kicker, and defensive special teams position. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is not the very best week that we've ever seen for the waiver wire, but there are a couple interesting guys who are out there in over 50% of leagues. I know that, uh, of course, not all of these guys are going to be available in your league. In fact, maybe you play in some hyper-competitive leagues where these guys have been rostered and you you would never dream of finding them sitting out there on the uh, the waiver wire. But real quick, before we get into it, I need to talk about uh, some upside stats that I think should definitely be owned. Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Kareem Hunt, Reichwell Armstead, and Chase Edmonds. All of those guys are, you know, I, I think just fantastic owns, uh, essentially, and I don't think that they are owned in all leagues because some teams are just focusing more on competing as opposed to, you know, upside bench stashes for later on in the playoffs, but I think all of those guys has league-winning upside with one injury in front of them. And real quick, before we get into the strict waiver wire columns, I need to tell you about our sponsor for the show, Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site. They are bringing the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters main event. This is the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind. You will find for week six, and remember, on Fantasy Draft, uh, 100% of entry fees are paid to winners. You can sign up at fantasydraft.com with referral code DAILYROTO, D-A-I-L-Y-R-O-T-O, and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership for the rake-free event. That is uh, that is a, a very nice little promotion, uh, definitely a contest worth playing, contest that I will be playing in, a contest that you guys should be playing in on Fantasy Draft. Now, let's dig into the Week 7 waiver wire. Beginning with our potential difference makers, there are really only two of these guys, and it's going to be Daryl Henderson and Benny Snell. Benny Snell had 18 touches in the Steelers' Sunday night game. He impressed his teammates with his production. Uh, You know, James Conner, Duck Hodges, the offensive linemen, they all really complimented Snell's performance. Conner did not play the fourth quarter in this game because he, uh, he he got 
he got banged up on his quad. But the Steelers are heading into their bye week. Think that he is probably going to be okay, uh, you know, probably. And we are going to see Jalen Samuels back sooner rather than later. However, Snell kind of fits more in the direct backup mold than Jalen Samuels does. So if anything happened to James Conner, I would actually expect that Benny Snell would probably be the primary beneficiary. And Daryl Henderson, uh, he just clearly is better than Malcolm Brown. Uh, The Rams ran for 102 yards and 6.8 yards per carry in the first half against the 49ers. And then they they basically just got smoked, right? That they, They just got completely destroyed in the second half. Malcolm Brown had 11 carries uh, for 40 yards, and Daryl Henderson had 39 yards on six carries. However, Henderson did have a fumble, but he looked great. So so the number one thing about Henderson is he is just better than Malcolm Brown, and I think that his performance in this game against the 49ers probably does signal that he's going to get a little bit more playing time moving forward and more playing time in this Rams offense. I know that they really looked horrible last week against the 49ers, but this is going to be a team that has a good team total uh, in most weeks, and uh, you know I, I just think that Henderson is he's a pretty strong ad, and if I, if I had to choose between Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown right now, Right now, I would take Daryl Henderson. Moving into some of the borderline starters, you know, guys you could you could throw in uh, during a bye week or an injury crunch if you absolutely had to. Mark Walden actually led the Dolphins' backfield in touches. He played 32 of 76 offensive snaps. Kalen Balaj did get the uh, the short yardage touchdown, but Walden had six carries and six targets. Uh, would not have projected six targets for him. You know, mostly would have thought that Kenyon Drake would have been getting those touches. But Walden now seems like a guy who could, you know, rationally project for 10 PPR points in some weeks where Miami's not getting absolutely railroaded. And if Kenyon Drake does get traded over the next two weeks, I think Walton is more likely to be the beneficiary than Kalen Balaj. Next, we have Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, he had six targets in the Browns game on Sunday against the Seahawks, played 68% of the Browns snaps. That was actually the same as Antonio Callaway, more than Farrell Brown, and uh, more than Demetrius Harris. With the with the third wide receiving job just wide open for Cleveland, I think Ricky Seals-Jones could beat out Antonio Callaway, and I think that... Um, I think that he could also beat out uh, Rashard Higgins if and when Rashard Higgins ever gets healthy. And you can start RSJ at tight end. And that position has really just been, you know, just completely dead in fantasy football. So Ricky Seals-Jones to me is like a 3 to 5% bid in 12-team leagues if you are, are just desperate at tight end. Already mentioned Alexander Madison, but... If he's out there, you you just have to get him on your team. He has more carries on the year than LaShawn McCoy, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, Deuce Johnson. Uh, he and Chase Edmonds, for me, on winning teams, they would just be two of the guys that I would make an absolute priority on the waiver wire this week. Uh, Chase Edmonds is coming off of another efficient game. He had only seven touches, played uh, 20 snaps, but scored a touchdown in this game. And I, I think that his role actually has the ability to keep growing due to uh, David Johnson's health situation and due to just how many question marks the Arizona Cardinals have at wide receiver. Uh, Jacoby Myers, great ad with Philip Dorsett out and now Josh Gordon banged up. Myers, you know, took the reins as a starting wide receiver. Uh, Myers 
is if a starting wide receiver in New England is a guy that you want to add, and uh, you know Myers coming off of a four reception game, like the the list of Patriots wide receivers who have sucked and they they have drafted is great. You know Malcolm Mitchell, Aaron Dobson, Josh Boyce. They they they're just our countless guys that they've drafted and have not panned out. But Myers is already getting on the field, already playing. Uh, Gordon's Josh, Josh Gordon's knee is a question mark now, and Julian Edelman is thirty four. Philip Dorsett has been in and out of the lineup. I think that Jacoby Myers is a, is a pretty sneakily good ad this week. The next group of guys is the Dallas Cowboys wide receivers, Tavon Austin, Tavon Austin, Cedric Wilson, Randall Cobb, Devin Smith. Amari Cooper left the Dallas game after one drive with a quad bruise, and Tavon Austin led the team in receiving. Devin Smith and Randall Cobb missed that game. If Randall Cobb and Devin Smith are back, we would expect Cedric Wilson and Tavon Austin to go back to the bench. So Tavon and Cedric might be guys that you could wait to add in first-come, first-serve waivers as opposed to spending any fab on them. I think Randall Cobb is a pretty interesting like 1% to 3% bid. And you know what? I, I'll admit it. I still think there's a little bit of ceiling to Tavon Austin, especially if if this offense goes back to anything what it was like the first three weeks where there was jet motion and play action and all sorts of interesting route combinations, I definitely think that there is some upside for Tavon Austin in this offense. So, uh, you know, Randall Cobb, Tavon Austin, Devin Smith, these are all, you know, 1% to 3% bids this week with Amari Cooper out. Jamison Crowder, uh, he has received 41% and 29% of the target market share in the two games that he's played with Sam Darnold. He is playing that old Jarvis Landry, Wes Welker role in the Adam Gase offense. It's crazy to me, but he actually is only 44% owned on Yahoo. So definitely a guy I expect to be owned. But if he is out there, you are definitely adding Jamison Crowder this week. I think he can be a legit wide receiver three coming forward. Uh, Auden Tate is a guy we've mentioned the last two weeks. He's coming off of a team leading 11 targets for the Bengals. And again, another guy who I expected to be over the 50% owned threshold and is not. He would definitely be a guy that I would be interested in adding this week. Deshaun Hamilton is our last, you know, kind of bye week filler type guy. Emmanuel Sanders left this uh, Denver game with a knee injury in the second half against Tennessee. And the fact is, he is a 31-year-old coming off of a catastrophic lower body injury. Another lower body injury of any kind of severity would basically just be a a nail in the coffin. Hamilton averaged 9.5 targets, 6.3 catches, 45 yards, and had two total touchdowns in four games last year without Manny Sanders and uh, after Demaryius Thomas left the team. So I think Hamilton is is a very sneaky add at wide receiver this week. our deep league targets, Darren Fells. Uh, this is a this is a 1% bid for me. He's played over 65% of the Texans' plays for five straight weeks, uh, and he's a bona fide starting tight end on what is now you know one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. Boston Scott, uh, with Darren Sproles banged up, Corey Clement now on the injured reserve. Scott is, a, I think, a legit ad in all 14-team-plus leagues and uh, a very good $1 bid for, like, Wednesday bidding in the FFPC main event, uh, the NFC Silver Bullet, some of these other high-stakes formats. He he is essentially now, uh, you know, a turned ankle for Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders away for being a, a 10-plus touch guy. For the Eagles, uh, I, I really like him. If Dante Pettis is out there in your league, he finally, you know, was on the field, played 56 of 70. 
78 snaps for the 49ers. 49ers are very run heavy, but Pettis could, you know, end the season being their most targeted wide receiver. Dawson Knox, I've mentioned him before on this show, but the Bills are coming off of a bye and are now about to play the uh, the Miami Dolphins. And Knox uh, actually, you know, is in the top 20 tight ends in terms of fantasy point scoring, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And then finally, our last super deep ads, Luke Wilson and Jerron Brown with, uh, with Will Disley injured. Wilson is the only tight end on the roster, and uh, Jerron Brown is a big beneficiary if the team just, you know, chooses to play more 10 personnel as opposed to jamming uh, jamming a tight end in there. So that is our waiver wire look for the week. Now going to look at uh, our favorite segment, our streaming quarterbacks, kickers, tight ends, and defenses. The number one streaming quarterback of the week, not even close, easiest decision ever, Daniel Jones at home against Arizona. He is 29% owned on Yahoo as of Tuesday morning. Get him into your lineup. There's, there, there, where there's no point talking about any other streaming quarterbacks if he's out there. Josh Allen would be very close. The Bills play at home in Miami, but he is 52% owned, so can't, can't really count him as an official streamer. But Daniel Jones and Kirk, uh, Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, by far and away the number one streamers. Arizona has allowed a top 12 quarterback performance in five out of the six weeks. The only quarterback who didn't have a top 12 performance was Russell Wilson, and he did so just because the uh, the Seattle Seahawks were up by so many. Josh Allen has been uh, a top 12 quarterback fantasy points per game wise this year. If you exclude the New England Patriots game, uh, obviously Miami has just completely rolled over to every quarterback they faced. So. So don't even think that that one is uh, particularly worth discussing. So that is the those are the the two streaming quarterbacks that I would be most focused on. If you are super super desperate in uh, some deep leagues, uh, you could potentially look at Derek Carr at Green Bay. I, I don't feel particularly good about that one. And then one of Chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky, I expect to maybe be a streaming candidate in like 14 team leagues. But but really, you're looking at Josh Allen. You're looking at Daniel. Jones and you're looking at uh, you're looking at um, Kirk Cousins at 47% owned on Yahoo as well as another potential option but now I guess outside of Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins there are not a ton of great streaming quarterback options this week moving to the tight end position under 50% owned uh, there there again you know it, it is kind of thin Jack Doyle at 20% against Houston we would expect that to be uh, a you know higher passing attempt game for the Indianapolis Colts than normal Chris Herndon playing on Monday so that is kind of tricky uh, against New England uh, he did not he was not able to play his first game back from suspension due to a hamstring injury but I, I kind of think that he will take some away from that Jamison Crowder role if and when he does return healthily uh Dallas Goddard now has 18 targets in his healthy games. Uh, They're playing at Dallas. We would expect that, again, to be a pretty pass-heavy script for Philadelphia. Already mentioned Dawson Knox and Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't play this week. Uh, And then Darren Fells at Indianapolis. He has 20 targets, three touchdowns, 15 receptions. He might, when I go down to write this column on Wednesday, he actually might end up being our top streaming option just because, you know, Jack Doyle is what he is. He can get you four catches for 50 yards if that's what you if that's what you really need 
but uh, there definitely is a, a little bit more upside, I think, with Dallas Goddard and with Darren Fells. Moving to the kicker position, uh, guess what? Again, it's just it, I just don't understand. Zane Gonzalez now has 60 fantasy points. Uh, that means that he is the third overall kicker in fantasy. He has uh, more fantasy points than Will Lutz, Matt Prater, Harrison Butker, Josh Lambeau, Brandon McManus. Uh, in fact, he is... He is the third highest scoring kicker in fantasy and in fantasy points per game. I just, I just do not get how this guy is not, uh, is not more owned. They're playing at New York, going to be another cream puff spot for Arizona. You know, you you can just expect eight fantasy points or more really from uh, from him here. Mike Nugent, uh, if he is not owned in your league, he would be another guy. They're playing at the New York Jets. He's 36% owned. He is the New England Patriots kicker. That one is pretty easy. Matt Brown at home against the Los Angeles Rams. He is 33% owned. Another fantastic kicking option. Dan Bailey, he is 12% owned. They're playing, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are playing at Detroit. Uh, another option. If if you play in some out like a 16-team league or or something crazy at the kicker position, uh, you could go with Aldrich Rosas. He's been horrible this year uh, and the Giants have not been very good, but uh, at home to Arizona is a pretty good spot for uh, for a kicker. Then finally, moving to uh, defense. Again, not a uh, not a super great week for defensive streaming because Buffalo is owned in uh, 67% of leagues. But looking at some teams who are under 50% owned, uh, you know you could go with Indianapolis at home to Houston and uh, and hope for some sacks. Uh, I think they are going to be a pretty popular streaming option. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has been so bad against the run, but they now get this game against Joe Flacco and uh, can maybe hope for some turnovers in that position uh and then you know it 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 gets i'm not gonna lie to you guys it gets pretty pretty thin at streaming defense this week in terms of under 50 percent you know some of these options are like atlanta home to the rams they've been utterly horrible the new york giants defense at home to the arizona cardinals uh you know we expect the cardinals to score points but uh definitely kyler does take some sacks and does take some risks with the ball as well uh this is i'm not gonna lie to you guys though this is a a pretty brutal week for for streaming defenses and uh it might even be a situation where you find guys uh find a defense that gets cut on uh on on wednesday during waivers that you uh that you end up starting so you know some of the defenses that are right above 50%, who I I think that you could reasonably stream. Uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati, New Orleans at Chicago, um, Green Bay at home to Oakland, they're 53%. I think those are some interesting defenses that you can use. Tennessee at home to the Chargers are exactly 50%, but you know, not overall a super great week for streaming at uh, at quarterback or a defense, but uh, some key options at quarterback and uh you know a couple options that we could re- like buffalo i'm looking at one of my leagues right now and buffalo is out there they're 67 percent owned if buffalo is out there in your league coming off of the buy i mean they're worth 10 percent of your fab uh at home to uh at home to miami so that is going to do it for uh our weekly management podcast here on the sports grade fantasy football podcast please make sure to subscribe to rotoexperts.com dailyroto.com and check out our sponsors at fantasy draft Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. 
So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.